The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Good morning. I'm Rashad Salamat. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. The embattled developer, Country Garden, it's warning that it may default after reporting a record first-half loss. Bloomberg's Boniao has more. The Chinese developer has reported a loss of almost $7 billion. Country Garden said it may go into default if financial performance deteriorates further. The warning highlights how China's deepening real estate crisis has spattered one of its property giants. Country Garden acknowledged that it didn't adopt timely measures to deal with the slowdown. It also failed to recognize the risks of its heavy reliance and lower-tier property markets. Country Garden said it continues to negotiate with bond investors and banks to extend debt maturities to keep it afloat. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Al Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Later today in China, we'll get the official PMI numbers and they probably will indicate a deterioration right across the board for the month of August. We have more from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong. China's services PMI are expected to fall close to a level that would indicate shrinking activity. A post-pandemic surge in service activity had been the main prop to the recovery, but that appears to be running out of steam, and some help may be on the horizon. China's central bank is drafting preliminary policies to give private businesses better access to funding to boost economic growth. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Now, China is set to approve the first batch of generative artificial intelligence services for public rollout as soon as this week. We hear the Cyberspace Administration of China will soon give the green light to a handful of firms. And we're told that the search leader, Baidu, will be among the first to win approval for its AI models. The move does mark a milestone for China's AI industry. And it will allow the country to develop services capable of competing with the likes of Microsoft and Apple's, or should I say Alphabet's Google. Well, we want to talk about what's happening in the U.S. banking complex today because federal regulators are ramping up demands for corrective action by some regional banks. The story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. The Federal Reserve has issued a slew of private warnings to lenders with assets of $100 billion to $250 billion, including Citizens Financial Group, Fifth Third, and M&T Bank. The wide-ranging notices have touched on everything from the financial institution's capital and liquidity to their technology and compliance. Examiners are looking for other signs of stress in the system already strained by the collapse of three banks, and it is part of a wider increase in scrutiny impacting lenders of all sizes. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. All right, let's have a look at uh, what's been going on in Apple and uh, in its manufacturing pro- process and how it's perhaps uh, uh, changing how some of its devices are actually constructed or made. Here's Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Apple is now testing out the use of 3D printers to make the steel casings for some of its soon-to-be-released smartwatches, a procedure that would reduce the time it takes to build some gadgets and use a lot less raw materials. Now, if the current work on Apple Watches goes according to plan, Apple could look to expand the process to even more devices in the next several years. An Apple spokesperson declined to comment. 
Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. After the closing bell here in the U.S., Salesforce gave a forecast for both revenue and profit for the current quarter above street estimates. The story now from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It signals progress in its campaign to cut costs following involvement by activist investors over the past year. Salesforce is the market leader in software that helps companies manage their customer relations. It has been narrowly focused on expanding its profit margins, a campaign that was hastened earlier this year by the emergence of multiple activist investors. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. Well, I mentioned uh, a little while back that another batch of economic numbers here in the U.S. points to moderation in the American economy. First, U.S. GDP revised lower for Q2, an annualized rate now of 2.1%. That adjustment does reflect more moderate business investment. And at the same time today, from ADP, the number of American companies adding jobs, well, fewer than forecast, the fewest in five months. On the positive side, we did have pending home sales unexpectedly move up. If you take a step back and look at the Citigroup Economic Surprise Index for the U.S., it extended its plunge below 50 after topping 80 earlier this month. Now, if you don't know, this is a measurement of the data that has been exceeding forecasts. So obviously now we've got a situation where fewer and fewer numbers are topping estimates. So on balance, everything that we're learning is helping to cement bets on the Fed being very, very near the end of its tightening cycle. Let's get to global news next. We've got an update on Hurricane Adalia, which uh, made landfall today. Dan Schwartzman's here with that. Yeah, it did, Doug. It's moved into southern Georgia after wreaking havoc in Florida. As of now, hundreds of thousands of Floridians are without power with more than 1,800 flights grounded. Adalia coming ashore as a Category 3 hurricane. Its top winds now, though, are down to around 75 miles an hour. That's barely classified as a Category 1 hurricane. That's, of course, good news. President Biden says he can't deny the science on all these natural disasters. I don't think anybody can deny the impact of the climate crisis anymore. Just look around. Historic floods, I mean historic floods, more intense droughts, extreme heat, significant wildfires have caused significant damage. Parts of Florida experiencing flooding, Tampa and Clearwater seeing waters rise as much as five feet in some areas. Both Visa and MasterCard are looking to boost the fees that retailers pay when they accept credit and debit cards. Starting in October, online transactions using Visa will have higher fees. Commercial credit, debit and prepaid card fees are slated to increase in April. Last year, U.S. merchants paid a record $160.7 billion in swipe fees. That's an increase of close to 17% from the year prior. The boost in fees is expected to add around $500 million more dollars of cost to retailers. Both Senators Dick Durbin and Roger Marshall now urging both Visa and MasterCard to withdraw their plans to increase these fees. Both Senators have introduced a bill that would enhance competition between credit card networks. Meanwhile, Visa and MasterCard shares rising to all-time highs after the announcement of the fee increases. U.S. officials say they have information that Russia and North Korea are negotiating arms deals. The White House says the North would give Russia munitions and other support for its invasion of Ukraine. The two sides are said to have exchanged letters looking to increase cooperation, with Russian officials having recently visit, visited Pyongyang. The Biden administration has accused the Russian military and Wagner mercenary group of receiving deliveries of North Korean munitions. A federal judge has found Rudy Giuliani liable for defaming two Georgia election workers with voter fraud conspiracies. The former New York City mayor will next face a trial to see whether he will pay damages and if so, how much. U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell also has ordered Giuliani to pay $132 
$22,000 to the victims for their legal fees. Giuliani's finances have been a prominent feature in the trial, with a judge saying he has till September 20th to turn over all financial information. The Trump ally says he will fight any damages and may appeal on the grounds his speech was constitutionally protected. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Dan Schwartzman. This is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Let's bring in Anna Wong. She is Bloomberg Chief U.S. Economist. We're going to take a look at what's happening in the American economy. Anna joins us from our uh, Washington, D.C. Bureau, and I think she's on the phone today. Anna, thanks for being with us. Help me understand what's going on with the economy in light of the downward revision in GDP and a pretty soft number today from ADP. Yeah, it's downward revision really is the theme of what's going on with U.S. statistics right now. So uh, we saw today that GDP growth for the second quarter was revised down by 30 bips. And, you know, recall that when the second quarter GDP came out, it exceeded expectations. But with this revision, it basically means that, in fact, uh, GDP growth was was at or below expectations. Um, ADP number, I w- wouldn't put too much, uh, um, you know, weight on it. However, it's still consistent with the themes that um, a lot of the growth activity data for the U.S. economy in real time was actually stronger than what after all the revisions are done is showing. So U.S. economy is weaker than it looks. Yeah, and uh, what about the jolts data? That was a bit weaker than anticipated, but it's still pretty strong, let's face it here. And I I know that it's not uh, that important, but it's getting more and more, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, so many more eyeballs looking at this. Yeah, so, um, you know, we were skeptical about the jolts data from last month because it showed a very tiny little drop, yet uh, the more reliable indicators for the, that indicate the, 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 the temperature of the labor market are wages, and wages are falling much more sharply. So we, we had thought that maybe the labor market was cooling uh, much cooler than what jolts data show, and uh, true enough, this week's jolts data did verify that, in fact, there were more uh, decline in jobs opening than it seemed. And furthermore, I would also add that a lot of, almost half of these jobs, uh, 8.8 
million jobs opening are by small to medium-sized businesses. And a lot of the jobs openings there are aspirational in our view because a small and medium enterprises in the U.S. have been facing a surge in bankruptcy rates. And uh, I just don't think that those, um, a lot of those job openings are real. So we're talking a lot about uh, the evidence of economic softening or a little bit of weakness that is uh, entering into the story. But I'm curious, Anna, to get your take on what that means for inflation, because tomorrow here in the States, we're going to get to the PCE number. And this is one of the Fed's favorites. Right. And well, yet tomorrow, the and, and, uh, the PCE is likely to show that Powell's favorite indicator, which is the super core or uh, um, services, core services, excluding housing, actually accelerated in July to 0.5 percent. That is really high. You know, that that is like more consistent with inflation at five, five uh, percent than at two percent. So that is certainly discouraging. However, uh, we argue that that acceleration is driven by singularly by a very volatile component, uh, which is portfolio management uh, um, um, category, which basically tells you nothing about true inflation. So the hope here is that the Fed does look through this high super core number as it is driven by a very volatile factor um, and not put too much weight on it. Of course, we got up to Friday, we got the non-farm payrolls report. But I mean, even up till now, I mean, what's your take? Is the general feeling out there that the Fed is, well, they're done for this year, probably? Yeah, I think after Jackson Hole, right after Jackson Hole, more people were in the camp that the Fed still has one more hike in them because uh, Powell's speech um, just on the service seems very hawkish. But our interpretation has always that been that Powell is just steadily dovish. Uh, he talks about how real rates are, in fact, quite restrictive. Um, and the thing is, we we are seeing uh, more significant cooling in the labor market. And certainly this week's data reinforce um, that um, subtly dovish message in, in Powell's Jackson Hole speech. So if the labor market is softening, I wonder how that may translate into some of the consumer data we're getting tomorrow, which would include personal spending and income. Is there an expectation now that, that people are going to begin spending less and, and maybe we see incomes starting to at least maybe remain steady? Yeah, so on the income component, it's coming down, right? Because uh, the labor market is softening and people have less bargaining power. So wage growth and income growth is coming down. Now, whether consumption will come down as well, well, that is uh, what's interesting about the U.S. consumer because the typical U.S. consumer uh, keeps spending money, spending money that they don't have even, Um I think um, tomorrow's report is likely going to show that July spending was super robust. And that's partly because people are spending on Barbenheimer, on Taylor Swift concert, on Beyonce concert. And basically, people are exhausting the financial resource. And I personally think that we are going to see a very weak Q4 consumption because people have overspent. Yeah, I think apparently, uh, Anna, that we are looking at uh, another eight and a half billion dollars added to GDP in the th- in the third quarter. Uh, really, because of because of Barbie Hammer and those other factors that you mentioned here. But you know, are consumers spending? You know, after this, or was that spending that they brought forward in your view? Well, I I think they if if they, we did not have these four cultural phenomena 
these consumers would not be spending because this is at a they're spending at a time where delinquency rate on auto loans were spiking on credit cards were spiking. Um, these should be hunkering down. So I I, I just think that um, peop- the typical American consumer is not one that's gifted with foresight. So I'm going to imagine then, based on what you're saying, that the light vehicle sales data that we're going to have on Friday is going to be soft as well. Yes, that's that's my assumption, and that's driven by um, um, rising um, auto rates. Uh, the, you know, the average interest rate on a used car is 13% now, and that's super high. And also, we are seeing surging rejection rate for auto loans uh, applications, meaning it's harder for people get to get to qualify for financing. Chances drop off in autos. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 11:30. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeart Radio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Doug Krisner, and I'm Rashad Salamat. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.